You know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of life. To starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is The Andy Stork Show. Let's go. What is up? Welcome back to The Andy Storch Show. I am your host, Andy Storch, and this is a show where we can come together to starve our fears, follow our dreams, and fulfill our true potential. And speaking of fulfilling our true potential, you know, we talk a lot on this show about entrepreneurship and personal development and uh, mindset and getting past fear and building a personal brand, which is something I'm gonna, we're going to talk about today with my guest. Um, we don't talk enough about health and fitness even though it is something that I'm really into and it's something that is integral to our success no matter what we do. We've got to take care of our bodies, take care of our health, um, take care of our minds, and I am big on those things. Um, trying to eat healthy can always get better. Working out regularly and I meditate every day uh, and try to get enough sleep as well. All those things are so important. And today I've got a great guest and actually we're doing things a little bit differently because I'm talking with my friend Alex Van Houten, who is the host of the Defining Dad podcast, and uh, I wanted to have him back on the show. He's been back on; he was on the show a long time ago, and I've been on his show in the past. And he wanted to have me back on his. We decided to have one discussion that would serve both shows, and you can tell me if this is beneficial to you or not. Um, but we got together and we discussed a few things. One of them was he wanted to ask me about uh, building a personal brand and how health and fitness. Uh, kind of plays into that and the importance of it. And I wanted to ask him about his tips for staying healthy, uh, especially during these uh, uncertain times under coronavirus, where it's not just about taking care of your health, it's protecting yourself from the virus and other things that are going on. And of course, we hear a lot about wearing masks and washing hands, and those things are very important. Uh, my question for him is, what else can we do to stay healthy and protect ourselves? So he talks about that. We also talk about building a brand and the importance of health and fitness um, and the science behind a lot of things that you hear uh, when it comes to health and fitness. So that is what is coming at you today. If you're interested in personal brand, you're interested in health, uh, you're interested in you know learning more about what we're doing in this space, uh, you'll want to check this out. Alex, by the way, in addition to hosting the Defining Dad podcast, he's also a personal trainer who has built his business in the online space. Uh, and if you are looking for a, a personal trainer to help you virtually get in better shape, uh, check out Alex's site, uh, definingdadbod.com. Reach out to him. Follow him on social media. He's a great guy. I uh, highly recommend you check out his stuff. All right. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Alex Van Houten. What's up, guys? I am hanging out with my good friend, Andy Storch, and we have an awesome conversation coming at you today. Andy, how are you today, brother? Buddy, I am fantastic. Uh, I'm always feeling good, but I'm feeling extra special good today because I get to talk to you. And, uh, you know, you and I have known each other for, I don't know, a couple of years. We've interacted a lot online. We've only really had a couple limited, you know, live one-on-one interactions. We've been on each other's podcasts before. I know we're aligned on a lot of things. We may even disagree on some things. And I know we are set up to have a great conversation today. I know. I'm super stoked about it. And anytime I get any FaceTime with you, I'm just like, ah, the, the energy is contagious. Sometimes, you know, you meet people and you're like, can you, can you hang with me on my level today? Yeah. And, and yeah. You're, you're one of those guys. So thanks for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. And just so you know, even though I always bring a lot of energy to every conversation I had, I wanted to prepare special for this. Uh, so I just made a smoothie with every healthy thing I could find in my house. I also ate some anchovies right before this conversation oh, because I wanted to get my omegas. I know you're big on that. I put some <laughs> aloe juice in my smoothie, which is what? entirely based on your recommendation. I took all of my supplements today, uh, and so I'm ready to go. You're a monster. So <laughs> we're going to get into all that for sure in a bit. I wanted to address the audience real quick. We're doing something a little bit different today, Andy and I. We, we talked about doing a podcast swap and then we we're like, hey, why don't we just have a conversation that is relevant to both of our audiences yep. and put that in the world. So if you are in the audience at the moment and you find value in it, you're welcome. Um, if you're not finding value in it, I apologize that this was a really bad idea. But <laughs> either way, we're going to do something a little Give bit. Give us feedback either way. That's right. Yeah. Let us, let us know what to think. So, so that said, you know, I wanted to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to my audience and then be able to do the, the same 
uh, for years. So what are you doing in the world, man? And how has this whole COVID thing changed what you've been up to? And how have you pivoted for that? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so first and foremost, uh, just like you, I'm a husband and a father of two kids. Uh, I've got a girl and a boy, six and four, um, big into health and fitness. Um, maybe not as much as you, but probably more than you know, 90% of the population. Uh, I am an entrepreneur. I run my own business primarily as a consultant, uh, author, speaker, almost like a personal brand business, if you will, in the corporate talent development space. So you think about training and development in big companies usually falls under HR. Um, I have been running uh, training and development workshops for large companies for years, um, mostly doing it in person uh, on things like strategy, finance, uh, leadership development has been the big thing for the last few years. And um, I made a big pivot uh, when COVID hit because uh, prior to COVID, uh, I have been, uh, again, building a big brand in that space. I've hosted a podcast. Uh, I have two podcasts. One is the Talent Development Hot Seat that is about corporate talent development. And one is the Andy Stort Show, which is what we're on now, along with yours, uh, which is more about personal development. And I built a brand. I hosted a conference, a live conference back in January that was about talent development. And after that, my business was really growing. Uh, I was flying all over the country and the world, actually, uh, had trips planned to Scotland and Munich. Uh, to run client workshops. Um, and I was running in-person training workshops um, all over the US and the world and everything got put on hold and pretty much canceled um, because of COVID. Converted some things to virtually, but I really found it as an opportunity to make a pivot in my business. And so now I do some different things. I run a membership community in the talent development space where people pay a monthly membership fee and uh, get access to networking with each other and speakers that I bring in. I'm hosting a virtual summit less than two weeks from the time we're recording this. So that by the time this is out, it may be done. It went great. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm also publishing a book later this year called Own Your Career, Own Your Life that is all about helping corporate professionals stop drifting and take control of their future. So that's me. Man, you're a busy cat. I like to keep busy and we can talk about that. You know, how I get that question all the time. How do you do all this stuff? So we will get into that. But what about you, Alex? Tell me about your business and what you've been up to. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, I run Defining Dad Bod, and it's a business that I started about three years ago when I lost my job in a large health and fitness company. So I was teaching trainers how to you know, help their clients achieve better results. I was teaching metabolism and nutrition and exercise programming and whatnot. And then you know, one of the things that was really huge and big on my mind was there were many things in the health and fitness world that, that really didn't mesh for the average person. You know, Personal trainers really help people achieve better health and fitness after they've already achieved pretty good health and fitness. And I was coming from a community of people who, you know, probably need to stop eating pizza every night. And that would be a great start, you know? So uh, my passion and, and purpose really shifted when I became a dad and I started having conversations at the playgrounds with other dads and thinking like, man, we could really do something about this dad bod thing if we got average dads you know, moving forward to be a little less average for themselves. And, and that would be a good thing. So I started that three years ago. And, and now it's evolved into to quite the operation. We've got our, our podcast, we've got our online community. I've unlocked several new products and services through our, our coaching platform and, and whatnot, which has been pretty powerful for our clientele. So when COVID hit, what was interesting is I was already doing a lot of virtual coaching. You know, I have a I have a home gym here at my house in Greenbrier, Arkansas, and I actually see a few clients from my community in person. And you know, it's a, it's a pretty closed space. It's not like everybody and their mom is filtering from the community. So that never really stopped for me. And and they were kind of happy. You know, I was one of the few gyms that didn't close down when the uh, the gyms closed down around here. But at the same time, when COVID started, it was it was a it wasn't just like ooh travel restrictions and stuff in my world. It was a health and fitness problem, especially when a lot of the data was coming out about comorbidities and and things like that affecting the actual death rates of COVID. And so for from me and my community one of the things that I changed was I wanted to see if I could help people control their controllables in a very chaotic and uncontrolled time. And so one of the things that I launched through Defining Dadbot in March was called the Faithful 40 Challenge. And in the Faithful 40 Challenge, it was, it was very simple. In our community, we journaled mindset every day. 
we journaled exercise, what we were going to do for exercise that day. And then we reported to our community, our food journal from yesterday. And so we did that for 40 days, faithfully reporting that. And, and it was crazy cool what came out of that. And we could talk more about that later and whatnot. But that's one of the things that I changed with regard to COVID was whether you're my client or not, if you're in my sphere of influence, how can we control our controllables, stay healthy and be positive and, and beneficial to everybody while we're also trying to not die from a pandemic? And so that was one of the things that, that we changed. Yeah, I love that pivot and and the, and how mindset is part of that and the focus on controlling what you can control because there are a lot of things in the world that we can't control. Mm. Uh, and when COVID hit, I think for those first couple months and people were watching the news and it was scary and it's like this, you know, scary disease, but most of it is things that you can't control what's going on in the world, but you can protect your health and your family by doing certain things. And I love that you're all about that pivot as well. It's amazed me, especially in the first couple of months, there's so many people sitting around waiting for things to get back to normal. While those of us who, you know, we seize opportunities and think, okay, well, this is the way things are now. So I'm going to dive into this virtual world. I'm going to attack this. I'm going to give people an opportunity. I'm going to help them along this journey uh, instead of, you know, sitting back and waiting for things to get back to normal. And I'm sure I'm willing to bet uh, that, you know, it worked out really well. You had already converted to virtual personal training for a lot of your business before mm. this, because there were probably a lot of personal trainers uh, as there were professionals in many industries who were really hurting uh, during the first three months of COVID when all the gyms were closed. Even I was a little bit sad that my gym was closed because I don't have a garage gym like you, but I found ways to, to stay healthy. Uh, yeah, well, and you know, it's, it's funny you say that because when, when all that happened, I had so many people from my, my professional circles in the personal training world, they were like, hey, can I get on the phone with you? I need to pick your brain. I have no idea how to navigate this, this online space. And I'm like, you know, I'm I'm probably an eighth grader at best if you're starting in kindergarten, but I will teach you what I've learned through the school of hard knocks, you know? <laughs> right, right. You had a similar experience as well, right? When, when all this stuff started to happen, you've been coaching and helping entrepreneurs through their brand as, as they've had to evolve. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of those conversations. I do a little bit of, of coaching in the personal brand space, helping people think about how they're going to build or grow their personal brand business. Um, you know, I, I've seen how some people have been completely embraced this and shifted and pivoted mm -hmm. and other people are, you know, kind of waiting for things to get back or, you know, want to sit around and argue about whether this is like some kind of hoax or not. And it's like, you know, this is the reality. This is what we live in. And it's probably not going to change for a while. So uh, you got to think about your future and, and where you're going, whether it impacts your business or your career. Uh, and I love having those conversations with people and, and just trying to figure this out and trying to figure it out for myself too. Because like I said, things change a lot. And I made a pivot and I love what I'm doing now more than what I was doing before. But my income is not back to where it was before. I mean, I'm still building up and, and changing things. But one thing that I do love, and I always love looking at the silver linings, right? And gratitude and like what's great about the situation we're in is that, you know, I wasn't running an online business before COVID and I was traveling a ton. I was on planes all the time. And, uh, you know, last time I was on your show, part of the interview was all about how do you stay dedicated to health and fitness when you're traveling all the time, when you're on the road, right? And, uh, and I was all about that. And I thought I loved traveling. Um, but I found out, you know, I, that obviously I missed being with my kids that I actually love being home with them more. And I haven't been on a plane in over six months and I don't miss it. And I've been home with my kids every single night for the last six months. It's been great. And I don't know if I'm going back. In fact, I don't think I'm going back. I think I'm very happy to build this virtual business and in the future, maybe get on a plane every now and then, but it, it's not going to be nearly as often. What's wonderful about that, and what I love what you said there is, is, is it doesn't sound like it's a regression for you. And I think that's like the, for, for me, it's the core thing with, with regard to COVID is biologically speaking, we can be stressed about something like a stressor can be applied to our system. And at the cellular level, that stress will either unlock new parts of us, code for new proteins, and then we become stronger because of it. That's voluntary exercise, right? I picked up some weights today. Or that stress can code for <laughs> the breakdown and degradation of the cellular process. It can, it can really tax us and, and break us down and, and regress us, right? And that's, you know, running from a mountain lion is not the same thing as going for a two-miler because you enjoy it, right? And so <laughs> those things all together said, it sounds to me like you've come out, well, we're not out of this yet, quote unquote, no. but you have been dedicated to making sure that when you come out of whatever this is we're coming out of, that yeah. you're better off because of it, you and your family, correct? Yo, 100%. I believe I am better off. And I always say this, and it's, 
I have to be careful saying it because everybody's in different situations and right. knock on wood, nobody in my family has gotten sick from COVID. I've been very you know, blessed and, and lucky, as you might say. Mm. Uh, but I, I'm going to look back and say this is one of the best things that ever happened to, me, mm. to completely change my business. And it kind of was the catalyst for me to go start this membership community um, and do some of the other things I'm doing, launching the virtual summit and everything else. It probably wouldn't have happened otherwise. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty happy about it. Nice. Well, we have a lot of stuff we can talk about today. One of the things I wanted to make sure I got to talk to you about with regard to uh, my audience is specifically, you are a sought after uh, coach and developer of what I would think of as a, a personal brand, you know, how, how people can develop and, and grow their personal brand. And I know a lot of my listeners are business owners. They're either working with a team of people, they might be the solopreneur. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's probably more yeah. your jurisdiction than mine, but they're developing their image in the mm -hmm. eyes of their clients and potential clients. And so yeah. you have a lot of experience with coaching and helping people develop and grow their brand. And I wanted to talk to you today about both your personal experience and then also that of the people that you work with. How does a regular practice of exercise, nutrition, healthy lifestyle, how does that play into that, if at all? Because in my world, a lot of people think that health and fitness is like, oh, I want my six pack. How do I eat to fix my six yeah, pack? Yeah. You know, or, or, you know, maybe I need to get off some medications and stuff and that would be good. And, and that's powerful as well. Or maybe I want to right. run this marathon and train for that. But my audience knows that health and fitness has a lot to do with so many other aspects of your life. Definitely. And I'm interested in your experience and thoughts around how does that play into the development of a brand? So yeah. I'm sure a lot of thoughts come to mind for you. Where would you like to start there? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. And I and I, I know when you work with clients, uh, you, you always want to start with what is their health and fitness goal, right? Like, why do they want to get healthier and better shape? And, you know, just to comment on some of the things you said, my number one goal is always to look good, all right? That's always the number one goal is to look, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Try to be uh, as strong as nice Alex. Guns, man. Nice guns, man. <laughs> in pictures, right? Uh, but there are many, many other benefits uh, that we can get into. Uh, but let's start with the whole idea of a personal brand. And, and this is not my main business, but I've been obsessed with the idea of building a personal brand and leveraging a personal brand for many years. Um, I've studied it. I've read books. I've gone to conferences. Um, and um, I've talked to a lot of people about it. I've interviewed a lot of people. I've been interviewed on it. And um, I'm fascinated by it because I think it's it's like the ultimate brand or thing that you build and really what your personal brand is, what it comes down to is it's your reputation in the marketplace. And whether you're an employee or you're a business owner, you have a reputation and your reputation can be very beneficial to you, can help you in uh, building your career or building your business, getting jobs, getting clients, um, all those things can stem from that. And the other interesting thing is that we all have a reputation. We all have a brand, whether we do anything about it or not. So we might as well be intentional with it and do some things to create that brand, to affect that brand. And then I always caveat that by saying that when I talk about creating a brand, your image, your reputation in the marketplace, I'm never a fan of doing anything inauthentic, right? It's always being you being authentic, but you can be intentional with the way you show up, uh, the way you interact with people. Uh, you know, just like going back to the beginning of this conversation, you and I bring a lot of energy to a conversation and that is part of our brand. It's part of our image that, you know, hey, Alex and Andy, they always are happy. They always bring a lot of energy. They're very health-minded. Um, that's part of what people know about us um, versus you show up to a conversation, low energy, uninterested. Um, how helpful, how kind and generous are you to other people? I know you're big on that as well um, versus are you just a taker? Those things fit into your brand, your image. And then, you know, beyond how you show up, how you interact with people, there's, of course, the type of content that you put out. And if you're running a business these days, uh, I think building, you know, using content, content marketing is kind of the name of the game. Like it's, it has to happen, right? Uh, be follow the great Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. He's a big proponent of that. And many of us follow him and learn from him that uh, you need to be putting content out there to build your brand because other people are doing it. It's like table stakes. And Alex, you do this well. I see you in my Facebook feed uh, almost daily, uh, sometimes on Instagram as well. You're putting a lot of stuff out there and it's almost always aligned with your brand of people need to be healthy to be successful and, and live a long life and that you can help them, right? And so you want people to know you for that. Um, I have a few different facets to my brand, but um, you know, primarily there's 
that talent development space. I do a lot of stuff on personal development. I talk about the brand. And then I put a lot of stuff on, on health and fitness too. And the interesting thing about that is that I am not a health coach or you know a trainer like you. Um, I don't want to be in that business, but I want it to be part of my brand that people know that I work out regularly, that I am big on health and fitness. And it comes up all the time with people. Like it really does that, you know, you work out so much. It's amazing all the stuff you do. Uh, during COVID, when the gyms were closed, because I'm a normal, like go to the gym five, six days a week kind of guy and do all my work there. Uh, the gyms were closed and I don't have a garage. So I was doing all kinds of creative stuff. I was doing push-up contests with friends. And uh, I think I did a thousand push-ups in one day at one point and was just posted about that. And people are blown away, right? And that becomes part of my brand to the point that, I don't know, five or six times, maybe more, I've gotten on interviews since then. And People bring it up. I saw on social media that you did a thousand push-ups in a day. That's crazy, right? It becomes part of the brand, part of the reputation. You only have to do it really once, right? <laughs> right, yeah. There. And then it's like part of the lore that like, oh, that guy can do a lot of push-ups. I can only oh, do 10. Whoa. He did a thousand, right? And uh, I know, love it, that. it all fits lore. in. And then the last thing I'll add to it, and, and you and I can talk about all about that, is that like you made the comment after I talked about what I've been doing that, wow, you have a lot going on. And I get that comment a lot. I do a lot. And part of it is just who I am. I like having my hands in a lot of things. I like doing a lot of things. I overwhelm myself constantly. There are definitely trade-offs to this. Um, but I also get the question, how do you do all of this? And I think one of the answers as it pertains to what you do is that I have a ton of energy. And the reason why I have energy, the reason why I'm able to get up at 5 a.m. and work hard all day until I crash around 7 p.m. when I'm kind of done, right? Um, the reason why I'm able to do that is because I get enough sleep. I eat a healthy diet. I exercise, uh, like I said, probably you know five to seven days a week. You know, have this smoothie for lunch every day. I meditate every single day. Uh, I'm just, I'm very big on taking care of my body and my mind and staying as healthy as possible. And I strongly believe that while I do have a natural disposition to being a very like exuberant, energetic person, I think all of that adds up to give me a lot more energy to make me more productive and get a lot more done than maybe the average person. And I'm sure you are probably more familiar with all the science that backs up why I'm able to get more done uh, doing those things than the average person. Oh man, I can, uh, my, my, Brain. my smoothie now my, yeah, there you go <laughs> my brain's all abuzz with with all the things i could do to convince people that there's nothing more powerful for your energy than the foundation of a healthy physical body i i, I want to dive into two things you said there that made me think of some things I, I would love for you to elaborate on. One, when you were talking about growing a personal brand, you're very specific in saying, hey, I, I don't want this to be something you're acting out. It's it's authentically yeah. you and you're, yeah, you're showing, showing those authentic parts of you to the world in a way that you know is, is good and relevant to your marketplace and, and all that stuff. That brings me to the idea of integrity. And one of the things that I see as a personal trainer and as a health coach oftentimes is I'll work with people and it seems to me that their health and fitness, their nutrition and lifestyle and their exercise discipline, yay or nay, in conjunction with what they actually practice in the professional sphere seems to me as a, as a level of integrity, meaning that uh, I love doing business with people. I love following people. I love conversing with people who when they practice what they preach, it's good for them and their body and their community and their household and whatnot. And I, I see that as a trainer. I wonder, what are your thoughts around the marketplace? Because I know that not everybody has a trainer's brain, right? Um, but do you find that in, in your practice at all? Do you find that your personal pursuits are part of the integrity of your professional pursuits? Yeah, I think these days, and I say these days, we're in 2020, and uh, I think a lot of those things have morphed together. There's a lot more integration than ever before between uh, professional and personal pursuits. You know, th there's less of the keep your career, your business, and your personal life separate. A mm -hmm. lot of that molds together, and people kind of want to know who you are as a human. Um, especially, you know, if they're doing business with you, if you're a personal trainer, uh, I think the more people know about you and who you are, Alex, I think makes people more likely to want to hire you. Not just that, uh, you know, all the science and you know how to keep people healthy. Um, you know, I, I, I think about if I want to hire a personal trainer, I'm going to go to you, uh, because number one, I know that not only do you, you know, you know about working out and how to get healthy. 
Uh, number two, you know all the science behind everything, which I think a lot of trainers don't know. Uh, and number three, I know you're a great guy. I know you care about people, right? And that's part of your brand, part of your image. And I think it, it all molds together. I know you're a father and a husband. You're dedicated to those things. You know, I've seen your kids on Facebook. And, but I think there is more of an integration. And um, I've seen people who are, you know, somehow are, are successful in business, but the way they show up sometimes makes you go like, I would not want to hang out with that person. Right? I wouldn't want to spend time with them. And that makes me not want to do business with them. You know, for me, I'm a very relationship oriented person. So um, almost to my, um, my detriment sometimes, I want my clients to be my friends. And so I, when I have new conversations with prospective clients, I'm always just trying to get to know them first, like who they are and like what I want to work with this person and then find out more about any potential business opportunities. Um, but I want to get to know the whole person. I think a lot of people want that more these days too, which is why I talk about, when I talk about personal brand, um, I always started off with how you show up because not everybody's going to be you know, posting content on social media every day like you and I do. Uh, but how you show up for people goes a long way to building that brand. And that's how you show up in an office uh, for your clients, for your friends. Um, are you someone that is uh, making recommendations, making connections, going out of your way to help people? Uh, you know, when I'm building my brand, it's not just all about me. It relies heavily on building a network and building that network relies on me being generous and helping others. So when I see a friend start a podcast or publish a book, I'm usually one of the first ones to go leave them a review on iTunes or Amazon because I know how valuable that is and I want to support people. So if I want others to support me, I'm going to go support them, right? And if I see people doing things to support me, I'm going to go find ways to support them. And I think just doing little things like that, they add up to building that reputation. And I'm not saying like, I'm so great. I make plenty of those mistakes, right? And I've done plenty of dumb things, but mm -hmm. my goal is always try to like be as generous as possible, give value to people as much as possible and know that it will come back to me. And that's all part of my reputation of like, oh, he's a great guy. I might want to work with him. <laughs> and, and that you are, by the way, you, you show up really well. I, I know that you work really hard to make sure that that's you know, the case that you're showing up as authentically as you would really love to. But I'm also interested in your, um, in your experience speaking. You do a lot of public speaking events. This is actually, I think it's the number two fear of people is public speaking, like death yep. and public speaking. And mm. the, the I've heard it's above death actually, but yeah, it's up there. <laughs> yeah, right? Like kill me, but don't ask me to, to speak in front of a hundred people. Yeah, but right. one of the things that's really interesting to me from a psychological perspective, and this is going back to uh, some evolutionary psychology science, is that our subconscious mind is geared toward tracking. And they've done this with eye tracking studies of somebody if somebody shows you a picture of somebody, but it's only on the screen for half a second, your eyes will automatically go to uh, what you could call the fitness or muscle points. Like how broad is this person's shoulders? How narrow is this person's waist? How symmetric is this person's face? And it all happens in your subconscious. Like you don't even get a chance to know whether or not that's a male or a female. It's just like, boom, but there, there it happens. And what's really interesting is you can see that played out in the public speaking world because people are afraid of public speaking because it's like standing naked in front of a hundred people. You know, what if you you say something stupid what if, what if your armpits are sweaty <laughs> like it's right. really hard for people but when you do this do you find that you have a level of confidence that you might not have had because you practice the the health and fitness thing you show up energetic you're i mean you're not like arnold schwarzenegger but you're a i'm no alex van outen but still yeah <laughs> like um, people know you work out right and and your yeah. your suit fits the way you would like it to and and whatnot and so you you show up on the stage confident and uh in presence and so you can kind of set that part of your mind off to the side and focus on the issues at hand what what's been your experience with that for yourself and then also for for people you've worked with yeah, it's, it's an interesting conversation. And, um, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the public speaking. It's something I haven't really thought about or talked about in a while, because quite frankly, we're six months into COVID and uh, nobody's really speaking on stages anymore, right? I haven't been on a stage. And, you know, going back to January, February, I was flying around every week. I was on, you know, stages essentially in front of people uh, and having a lot of fun. Uh, New York, Dallas, Chicago, San Francisco, et cetera. Uh, all that's changed, right? It's all virtual now. But there are metaphorical stages that a lot of people are still really scared to tackle, especially when we talk about this idea of building a personal brand, like starting a podcast, putting a video out there, going live on Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever it may be, stuff that you and I do that a lot of people are like, heck no, I'm not going to do that, right? And um, the question I asked a long time ago is why? And I'm glad you mentioned the evolution because it does go back to our 
evolutionary brain, our caveman brain, if you will, that, uh, you know, for 95% of history and society, we lived in tribes, right? In, in groups. And we relied on each other for survival. And when we speak in front of people, we risk the three big fears that I always love to talk about because I love this topic of like getting past fear, uh, which is the fear of rejection, uh, the fear of judgment, and um, the fear of failure. Right? All of those things are possible. And in the, you know, looking back 300 plus years to when we were all, you know, or more, we were living in tribes. If you were judged poorly, you were rejected and you were kicked out of a tribe, you were essentially dead, right? You were going to get eaten by a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I'm just kidding. People didn't live at the same time as dinosaurs, but there were other animals out there that would probably kill you if you were kicked out of a tribe and you were left, you know, on your own. So we still have that in our brains. We're terrible. And, and I still have and have battled my entire life a major fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. uh, and I still battle with that. And that's what comes up when you get up in front of a group of people, because what's our biggest fear? They're all going to laugh at us and, you know, laugh us out of the room. And it almost never happens. I mean, it really does never happen. So I still get really nervous. I still get to deal with that, but I also find it exhilarating, exciting. Um, there's always an opportunity to make an impact to help people. And so sometimes we need that pep talk and it requires experience. You know, we just got to jump into it and do it and build that experience and experience builds confidence. I do find that being fit, if you will, you know, being healthy, working out normally gives me a little bit more energy and it gives me more confidence as well. Walking into a room that I feel better about myself. I feel good about myself. And I think that that confidence and that energy can often, you know, exude out of us and it kind of helps other people become more confident in you. Like this person looks like they take care of themselves. They're pretty confident in themselves. Maybe I can be confident in them too. Now that can go too far and be perceived as arrogance, right? And I'm sure you and I have both dealt with that. I know there are people out there that think that I'm arrogant and I'm sure there are people that think that of you as well. There's always that balance, right? But when you walk into that room and you have, and again, like one of my key differentiators markers is that I walk into a room and I try to bring a lot of energy and uh, that helps people get excited about whatever we're going to be doing, whatever we're going to be talking about. I know I like when a speaker or facilitator brings a lot of energy to a room, to a conversation. And, uh, you know, going back to the take care of your body, sleep, you know, nutrition, exercise, I think all of that adds up to being able to bring more of that energy to be able to bring more of that confidence that allows you to get past some of those fears of the rejection and, um, you know, judgment, that sort of thing. Because even if the worst happens and they say, ah, wasn't that good? You're still not going to be out on your own fighting dinosaurs. True story. Or Komodo dragons, which did live at the same time as, as Ooh, human beings, yes. by the way. They still do. They're around somewhere. Yeah, and they're, 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 their bites are nasty, too. Apparently, like, the bacteria will just ruin you within an hour or two. Anyway. And I, uh, and I live in Florida, where we have a lot of alligators who are, you know, kind of ancestors, <laughs> right? Aren't they related to dinosaurs in some way? Rejected at the speaking conference and thrown to the alligators. Anyway, I, I did want to comment on that from a neurobiological perspective, because you mentioned coming into the room with a lot of energy. What a lot of people don't understand about exercise from a stress perspective is that it's actually a controlled stressor. So like, let's say you go for a run or you lift weights, the physiological activation, that heart rate increase, the sweating on your palms or <laughs> armpits or whatever, that is all the exact same physiological response as being really scared to get on stage, right? Mm. However, when you exercise, it's like you put your body in a simulation mode. It's like, hey, look, it's not so bad to be here. It's not a huge deal. You can harness this. You can breathe through it. You can go the distance. You can consciously approach this again tomorrow in your exercise practice. And then when you're on stage, this isn't a fearful anxiety producing thing for you. It's like, I've been here, done that, got that t-shirt. So it doesn't fix everything, but the physiological response isn't so concerning. It's not anxiety anymore. It's excitement and enthusiasm, which is pretty powerful. I just had to say that. Yeah, absolutely. It is powerful. Uh, so we're talking about high performance, uh, you know, getting on stages, building that personal brand. All of that is so important if we're building businesses, careers. Uh, I want to pull it back and just talk about how do we stay healthy and survive in a world that has is just really crazy right now. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. And, you know, I know you've been talking to your audience a lot already about, you know, how to stay healthy during this pandemic. I, I posted a question on Facebook a few weeks ago about, you know, how 
what else besides wearing a mask, right? And, and staying away from socially distancing myself from other people, which is, you know, there's plenty of science to say this is how we can stop the spread of the disease. Um, beyond that, there's still chances that something could happen. How can I better protect myself and my family? Uh, and you, among others, gave some really great suggestions that I've adopted since then. So I'm curious to hear, you know, what is your philosophy now on, hey, we're in a pandemic, there is a disease around, there's, there is a higher chance of getting sick and dying than there was before six months ago. But beyond what we always hear about, which is, you know, wear a mask and socially distance yourself, how can we keep ourselves healthy to try to protect ourselves from getting sick? Mm, such a good question. And I appreciate you bringing it up because after the kids go to bed, I'm kind of like you, I crash at about seven, like seven's like kids have gone to bed. Yeah. My, my wife and I get some time together, you know, and it's not always like, yeah, we're so excited. Let's, I don't know, do a puzzle or something. Like, like we're, we're, we're like, hi, I love you. I'm going to sit we're beside you. We're going to be, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're going to veg a bit because it's been <laughs> a long day. So anyway, yeah. I was, I was reading about uh, the Wuhan COVID virus, you know, in January. And I remember thinking like, oh man, we're not ready for this. Like <laughs> people have been talking about pandemics for a long time, might be the end of the world thing. So we're, we're not ready yeah. for this. What can I do to help people? What's wonderful about the human body versus being in such a chaotic time is that the biological function of immunity has not changed. Even though we're in unprecedented area of our lives and of, you know, globalization and pandemics and stuff, the human immune system is the same as it was a year ago, 10 years ago, 10,000 years ago. The process or function of it has not changed. And so what's really powerful about that is the science around creating a healthy immune system has not changed in the last six months. The science around creating a healthy and, and positive and powerful immune system has not changed. And so like we've known for, for quite a long time, and we're still learning from a scientific perspective, the things that we can do to improve our immune function. And I, I tend to think of those in, in three categories. I think of them as lifestyle. So what we habitually do every single day or you know every single week, if you want to think of it that way, uh, I tend to think of it as exercise. And exercise is, from a scientific perspective, an applied stressor that adapts us and makes us stronger over time. A lot of people have not heard that definition of exercise. Exercise burns calories. That's not what I said. Exercise is an adaptive stressor that makes us stronger over time. And then nutrition, which is what we're actually putting in our bodies, what we're putting in our face that not only feeds our cells to do things, but also feeds our microbiota which is the, the little bugs in our gut that actually are the front line of our immune response in our digestive tract. So I really think of those three categories. And I think the recommendations that I, I made to you on that Facebook post kind of fall in those categories as well. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting to hear, and, and other people backed you up on that too, who had studied this, that, you know, hey, it, it still goes back to basics of take care of your health, get enough sleep, uh, you know, exercise, eat a healthy diet. That's going to help you be a healthier person, boost your immunity. Uh, other things I heard in there was, you know, get uh, more exposure to sunlight. Uh, and then you also contributed some, uh, some supplements as well. So can you talk about the sunlight factor and some of the supplements that you recommend beyond just, hey, we, we need to be healthy? Yeah, yeah, no joke. So so the whole lifestyle thing, you know, getting enough sleep and, and having a regular exercise practice, I don't want to blow over those completely because they're a part of, I think, of stressing the cell through exercise and then getting yeah. enough recovery so that your cellular tissues and whatnot can build themselves back up stronger. But if they don't have the right building blocks, if they don't have the right materials to do that process, then your exercise and or your sleep or meditative practice or those things are not very optimal. You know, you can work yourself out right into a terrible immune system. I've seen people do that regularly. We call that in the exercise world overtraining. And you think it's like a marathon person who's running too often. It could just be a guy who's not resting enough between sets and doesn't take enough uh, days of rest in his week to be in an overtraining state where he's breaking his body down rather than building it up. But from a supplemental- okay, So doing too much of exercise or maybe too much to the same muscle group, wherever it may be, could end up being to your to your detriment. Well. Absolutely. Exactly. Think of your immune system as pulling from the same resources that the adaptive process of exercise is. Right now is not a great time to get faster at your marathon, unless you're already very fast at marathons. Like if you're, if you're trying to keep a good immune system, getting ready for flu season on top of COVID, right now is not a great time to quote hashtag make gains. You know, you want incremental small baby step progress in your, your health and fitness goal. So if you're listening to the sound of my voice right now and you don't have a regular cardiovascular practice and you're like, man, Alex said I should exercise. I'm going to go run three miles a day for the next week. Don't do that. 
stop doing that. That's a bad idea. What I would like you to do is incorporate two to three sessions of 20 minutes of cardiovascular exercise this week. See how your body does with that. And then progress slowly in the next several weeks, adding volume to your cardiovascular practice. Not like Don't go, uh, as we say, balls to the wall. Um, <laughs> that's, that'd be bad juju for you. So anyway, you, you asked specifically about supplements though, and, and this kind of comes back to the adaptive process, right? If we stress ourselves through exercise, we're getting enough sleep, we're recovering well, the magic of the workout can't happen unless the building blocks are there. Right. And uh, th this is really important. Uh, one thing that has been researched very well thus far uh, with regard to COVID-19 and mortality rates, and this is true of, of influenza as well, is vitamin D deficient patients see the worst outcomes. Vitamin D deficient patients have a harder time fighting off the virus. Vitamin D deficient patients are more likely to succumb to the virus and mortality, uh, and that's not good. And so one of the things that I recommend to all of my clients and to anybody who asks at this point in time is get enough vitamin D. It's astronomically important that you're getting enough vitamin D, and, and you can do that a number of ways. Your body has a natural process, a natural system for synthesizing vitamin D. Uh, that's your skin. Your skin's the organ that can make vitamin D out of cholesterol. And so if you can get half of your body exposed to the sun 20 minutes a day, you'll make all the vitamin D you need over the next couple months. It's a, it's a fat-soluble vitamin. Uh, your body will store it over time. And what's nice about it is there's no toxicity. Yeah, you can get a sunburn. That's, that's a completely separate issue. But there's no toxicity. Your body's not going to accidentally make too much vitamin D, and now you're in trouble. It's a natural process, very positive and powerful. So if you can, get half of your body exposed to the sun 20 minutes per day. My social media following picks on me regularly. They're like, dude, you never have a shirt on. Why are you always running without a shirt on? It's, it's like not showing off my abs to the next door neighbor. I'm, I'm getting vitamin D. This is a huge part of that, right? And I just don't have the time to kick back in the backyard and soak up the sun, you know, like that's not, that's not how it goes for me. So I get it on my yeah. ground, right? I was uh, going to ask you which half, but it sounds like the top half. The is top awesome. half. Yeah, yeah. I've, I haven't been reported for uh, <laughs> exhibitionism yet. Um, so anyway, <laughs> that's funny. The other thing that you can do though, let's say you can't get sun exposure. Maybe you work inside regularly. You know, hey, maybe you're not confident enough in your own body yet to go running around outside with your shirt off. And that's fine. Um, you can also supplement with uh, vitamin D. 2,000 IU, 5,000 IU, 10,000 IU, that's amounts of vitamin D. And if you're curious about how much you should be taking, I highly recommend getting a test. It's like the one of the cheapest tests. You can, you can buy it online. You can have your doctor do it on your insurance, whatever, and just find out what your vitamin D level is. So if somebody's really low in vitamin D, getting 10,000 IU a day can be really helpful. And then if somebody's at a good level of vitamin D, but they want to maintain, even though they're not getting sun exposure, about 2,000 IU a day is uh, the recommended amount to not get toxic in vitamin D and whatnot. But vitamin D is huge. If It's not worth talking about any other supplements here until we, we cover that topic. All right, so that is the big one, and uh, I'm dropping smoothie over here. Is, is your keyboard um, all right? That's, I mean, that's, that's important. <laughs> the keyboard is okay. Good. Uh, yeah, so vitamin D is the big one. Uh, sunlight, the best way to get that, um, but you know, some people may not have those opportunities, and I'm thinking, especially as we get into winter, people who live in northern climates mm. um, that don't get nearly as much sunlight as you get in Arkansas or I get down in Florida. Right. Um, if you're out, in, by the way, just side question on that. If you're out in, uh, let's say it's more winter, there's not as much sunlight and it's, it's cloudy. You live in the UK where it's like, you know, just cloudy all the time. Do you still get that vitamin D through the clouds or do you need to go seek uh, extra help? Good, good question. You can still get vitamin D from a cloudy and, uh, oh, what's the word when the earth's tilted on its axis and you don't have quite as much exposure. The UV index is not as high. I'll say that. Your skin doesn't really need a lot of it in order to convert uh, the cholesterol in your bloodstream to vitamin D. You do get a slightly lower production. I don't have the number off the top of my head, the difference, but it, you are cold too. Usually it's kind of cold in the, in the, in the winter. Uh, there are some Wim Hofers who are happy to, to walk into the cold without their shirt on and, and you know make that happen. But it, personally for me, I don't really enjoy walking around with my shirt off in 30 degree weather. So I usually, uh, I usually supplement vitamin D myself over the winter, usually uh, 2000 IU daily. 
Yeah, see, I don't have to worry about that in Florida. I get like two days below 40, so I'll just be shirts off all winter long uh, down here getting my getting my vitamin D. Side question on that, that I something I've been on for uh, thinking about for years, and I'm curious your perspective. Uh, while we're talking about the sun, how do you feel about sunscreen? Should we be using it? Are there problems um, that it could cause, or is it like totally fine? Use it when you're going to be at the beach all day. Sure. Hey, fair enough. I have to preface everything I'm about to say with, I am not a doctor. Uh, however, <laughs> however I, I generally recommend for my clients that if they're going to be exposed to the sun regularly, that uh, getting some sunscreen, especially in those times when you're going to be in the sun for two hours, three hours, um, our kids are going to be exposed in the sun for two hours, three hours at a time, UV index is really high, putting sunscreen on would be pretty good for you. Now, now that being said, it's, it's important to understand this from an evolutionary perspective. If you were in the sun six hours a day for most of your life, your body's going to produce quite a bit of melanin and uh, therefore being in the sun for two hours at the beach on the weekends, not a big deal for you, probably don't need sunscreen. You know, us 20th century people, how often are we in the sun six hours a day for a long uh, stretch of time? Very rarely, right? So our skin's melanin production is relatively low. That little part of our DNA hasn't really been unlocked for us. And so getting sunscreen, it's, it's more like it's not necessary from a biological perspective, but it's necessary if what you're going to do is live inside with clothes on all the time and uh, play on your iPad and you know, work on Zoom and all that stuff. So I generally recommend to my clients, hey, if you can get 20 to 30 minutes of full sun with no sunscreen and then put your sunscreen on, that'd be great. The studies are, are a little up in the air about whether or not sunscreen affects vitamin D production. Some say, yeah, it does. And, and it really messes you up. And some say, no, it doesn't. And so the jury's still kind of out on that. Fair enough. Yeah, I was just curious. Um, you know, I tried to avoid using it too much and just, uh, you know, limit that sun exposure. But uh, obviously, you know, I'm in Florida, we go to the beach a lot, you got to put it on if you're going to be, you know, out in the sun for two hours, because my skin and many of my family, you know, we're not used to that, right? We haven't well, especially in the middle of the day, days, right? Like so like the, the UV index, yeah. 9am is like three, even in Florida, but the UV index in, you know, 2pm is 10 or 11. And, and like, that's, right. that's murderously different, you know, when, when you're getting that much UV radiation on your skin in the afternoon compared to the morning. Yeah. And it's, it's presumably much worse for us than it was for our ancestors too, because of all the, the holes in the ozone and, and all that stuff. But, you know, you, uh, I want to talk about, you, you and I both are big on living life intentionally on our terms, taking care of ourselves, doing what's right for ourselves and our family. And a lot of that has to do with health and fitness. Um, but we are essentially fighting uh, what is pushed out there a lot in society and what is common in our culture. And I saw you post the other day about how Arkansas has the number three most obese state. And uh, you were kind of ranting about a, something that came home with your son. But it was a good reminder that like, hey, there are all these things getting pushed at us all the time in our culture that are not healthy. They don't have our best health in mind. Uh, so I'm kind of wondering, you know, what is your philosophy on pushing back, taking a look at what society is pushing to us and being much more mindful about how we're living compared with maybe everyone around us who are just mindlessly eating junk and processed foods all the time and, and what the norm is? Ugh, man, how long you got? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, know, you know, that that's actually what's funny about that is that's at the foundation of why I founded Defining Dad Bod. Because dad bod, as our society mm -hmm. understands it, what is a dad bod? If if somebody says that, it's a chubby, balding caricature of a dude. It's kind of like, I think uh, one college girl says, it's the body that says, I go to the gym three times a week, but I still uh, drink several beers and eat a pizza on the weekends. You know, like that's that's the dad bod, right? And, yeah. you know, when I, when I became a father, I stumbled upon some research about how dad's testosterone changes uh, to, to help his bonding with, with children and to kind of bring out a, a caregiver side of him, especially in the younger years. And it's kind of the biological foundation for dad bot. You know, pair that with some brownies and bourbon and you've got yourself a, a great equation for gaining 40 pounds in, in yep. four or five years and going, hey, man, I was the guy who could still, you know, keep up with the young ones. And then I had a kid and things changed for me. Anyway, that being said, it's at the foundation, though, of, of why I started this company. And that's, look, we have an opportunity in our day and age right now that if we understand something, we can liberate ourselves from it. Like 
I sound like the bionic man. We have the technology. Look, if you have kids <laughs> and your testosterone bottoms out and all of a sudden you're craving brownies and, and cookies and stuff, but there are supplements that could help you kind of bolster your, uh, your fat metabolism during that time. Uh, there's a lot of gym equipment around. There's exercise videos in the world that could teach you how to make the most out of 20 minutes. You don't have to work out for 90 minutes because you're a sleep deprived dad. 20 minutes could make a difference in you regularly. And then I'm thinking, you know, one of the great questions of our generation for our kids is, can we make better out of ourselves consciously? Or does it always have to take suffering <laughs> in order for us to make progress? Um, that's the great philosophical conundrum of history, right? Oh, hard times make great men. Great men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. So in, in my world, I want to say hard times make great men. Great men make great dad bods. Dad bods don't bring hard times and our kids don't have to learn the hard way. And, and so if from a, a physiological perspective and, and personal perspective, if we can own our health and fitness, especially as dads and moms too, but especially as dads, if we can own our health and fitness, that permeates to our children and then that permeates to our community. You know, I, we, we go to church regularly here, and uh, one of the things they know about us is that if my wife and I, if Kristen and I, she's a dietitian, if we run a church event for the middle schoolers, they're not eating pizza. That's not what we're doing. You know, we're, we're going to have fruits and veggies out. We're going to have um, a healthy protein source for them to, to eat. We're going to have water to drink. There won't be Cokes and Sprites and stuff. And they know that. They know that. And, and they say it like, oh, we're going to have a, a our, our church calls it 412 for the middle schoolers. Um, oh, we're going to we're going to play ultimate Frisbee at, at Kristen and Alex Van Houten's house. <laughs> there will be no hot dogs. <laughs> you're going you're to come prepared to eat healthy while you get some physical activity and stuff. And, and what's really funny about that is being that way in our church circles, being that way in our professional circles, even being that way in our family, it inspires other people to do things differently for them. And, you know, sometimes they raise a weird eyebrow at us because of the way we do things. And uh, we're not quite as weird as you might think, but, <laughs> but that's yeah. really important is, is I can't control what everybody else does, but I can control what I do. And I can control how that is passed on to my kids in a positive way that gives them a good, healthy foundation to manifest their best. And uh, I hope, I hope by doing that, and I hope by equipping other people to do that, that that's how we change the world positively is through health and fitness anyway. That, uh, that people can be feeling healthy and energetic and, and whatnot as they're manifesting themselves in life. Yeah, and it's hard. It takes courage to, uh, to stand out and, and kind of push back and, and do the things that are right for you versus maybe what society says, which, you know, which is we all need to eat pizza all the time and, and you know, watch Netflix and maybe not work out as much. And, mm. and I get that and I've been there, but you know, we, we have to be courageous and set the example for our children, especially for parents, because they are watching everything we do. But every time you do that and you tell someone about it or uh, you're up in front of an audience like your church or you post about those things on social media, you're impacting, you have the opportunity to positively influence others. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things I didn't even mention, going back to the question about building a personal brand and health and fitness is how we have such a great impact to uh, opportunity to impact the lives of others, positively influence and help others. And, you know, like I said, I post a lot about health and fitness, not nearly as much as you, but I do, I do share a decent amount, right? And it's not because it's my business, it's I want that to be what people know me for, and mm -hmm. I want to inspire and influence others. And, you know, again, it takes the courage to get past stuff. There were many times when, uh, you know, I would deal with, with comments or people making fun of me because I would post, you know, gym selfies all the time. But what motivated me was the number of times people reached out to me or I even like ran into a friend on the street and they were like, hey, I've been working out more because of your posts that I've seen on social media. Another right. friend told me I lost 20 pounds and got back into my workout routine because of your posts on social media. And I was like, hell yes, because while society is saying, uh, stay home and catch up on 18 different series on Netflix, and it's okay to watch Netflix, I'm not saying don't, um, take the time to go to the gym. And I have been the person that has inspired other people to go take that action, which I'm very proud of. And I know you are often, and I wanted to tell you, by the way, that I... Still, just like anybody else, I come across challenges. I sometimes don't feel like doing the work. I do get tired every now and then. 
And uh, you have been that inspiration for me sometimes, including yesterday, uh, I finished work and was talking to my wife around six o'clock and I hadn't been to the gym. And that's when I was planning on going and I was sitting on the couch and I did not feel like going at all. And I thought, oh man, what the hell would Alex say? You'd be like, get up, dude, and go. What else are you going to do? And so I did. I got up. I took my daughter with me, went down to the Y. I lifted. It wasn't the, it wasn't the most impressive uh, you know, workout session. And it was only about 20 minutes because the, uh, the childcare hours are now very limited at my gym compared to what they used to be. Um, but my daughter likes going down. My kids like going down there with me. Um, so, you know, got a 20 minute workout, but it was good. I got to throw some weights around and I feel better about that. I felt better about eating dinner that night. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I post about that sometimes. I should have posted about that experience because I know it will inspire and help other people. We all have an opportunity to make a positive influence on the world and make the world a better place. And that's why I appreciate all the stuff that you're putting out there. Um, and I'm trying to do the same. Well, thanks. And, and I appreciate you doing it as well, man. I like I've had, you know, clients I'm working with. I'm like, you should post your workout. You should talk about the things that you're doing. And they're like, ah, you know, I'm not a trainer. I don't want anybody critiquing my form or whatever. I'm like, hey, fair enough. I get that. I get how social media works sometimes. It's like, hey, fruit is great. And you're like, well, you left out grapefruits. Like you're a terrible person. That's that's kind of how the <laughs> that's how the exchange goes. I like pineapples. Well, bananas are better. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> funny side note, by the way. I've gotten the feedback um, and you kind of got to just take it, you know, especially if I happen to post a video of, you know, push-ups or squats or deadlifts, somebody is always going to come out and say, Hey, your form yeah. is not good. Get it could be better. Yeah. You have to just, either, right. You have to either just say like, okay, cool. Thanks. Whatever. Or be like, Oh, actually you're right. Let me improve for next time. Um, but Hey, people are seeing it, which is good. Uh, here, here, I've got a cop out for everybody. All right. I've got a cop out for everybody. Here's the deal. And I don't like cop outs much. So this, this is saying a lot. If you post something and somebody has something to say about your form, you can say, Hey, I appreciate your feedback on my technique. I'm working on a few other things right now. I'll get back with you. And that's that. It, that's the end of the story, right? I've been working with people for a long time. It's impossible because you work with people who have scoliosis. You work with people who have a bum knee. We work with people yeah. who've had, a, I don't know, rotator cuff surgery in the right arm. Look, their bench press doesn't look as pretty as a bench press should in the book, quote unquote, right. but their bench press is beautiful and they're working on it and they're doing a great job for themselves, right? Now, I'm not yeah. saying there aren't people who, you know, probably need to quit swinging when they do their bicep curls, all right? But I am saying that if you don't know the full story, shut up. And that's something you can tell other people uh, is, is, well, hey, man, <laughs> showed up today and did my lunges. Thanks for your feedback. I'm working on, on different technique at the moment. <laughs> and yeah. that, there that's have been times I, when I have been looking for feedback and I've posted in fitness groups like your group and others yes. and said, hey, here's my squat today or here's my deadlift, which I was always trying to improve my deadlift. I never felt like it was very good. You know, what do you think? What can I do? That's different, right? We can get the feedback. But sometimes the unsolicited, I think the push-up is the biggest one because it's one of those like people love, whether they do them or not, they love to give you the, you know, chest to the floor when they can't even really see it most of the time in the video. Like you could be touching the floor. You'd be laying on the floor and be like, I didn't see your chest hit. The oh yeah. Your, your thousand pushups, like those, none of those count. You didn't lock out on right. all of them. Like <laughs> only two of those counted, you know, right. Or pull-ups. People love to criticize your pull-ups. Pull-ups are hard, man. If you can do six of those, even if it's not perfect, like that's pretty good. No joke. I'm, I'm with you on that. So I encourage people. It's like, look, Hey, uh, if you're the person who's trying to be real and authentic with, with your community, especially on a social media community, and, and you're like, hey, I'm putting myself out there, I'm, I'm doing this thing, or I'm, I'm posting it, just be as humble as you can about it. And uh, uh, haters going to hate. What can we say about that? Like, it's, yeah. You yeah. keep improving well, you. And, you know, we, we, to take this all the way back to the beginning, you know, when we closed the loop on this, we were talking about building a personal brand, mm -hmm. and um, we were talking about authenticity. There's, you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be better than everyone else. People love authenticity and vulnerability. People love a, hey, I, I weigh this and I'm trying to get to this and this is my journey and this is what I'm doing and this is what worked and what didn't work. I failed today. People love that stuff. You know, if yeah. someone's going to give you a hard time about it, then screw them. That's, that's, that's on them. Um, but, you know, we need to share the hard times and the good times as much as the good times so people don't think that we have it all together because we don't. We're humans like everybody else. Mm. Well said. And I think you've brought it up a couple times in here. If, if you're somebody who's looking for good social media content to put out into the world and you're not at all in the fitness space, like posting your food and your workouts 
I know like some people are like, I'd, I'd like to not see any more of that on social media. Thank you. But that's actually a really low key way to get yourself in the habit of producing regular content and engaging with your community. You know, like maybe you're a financial advisor and your workout has absolutely nothing to do with what you can do for somebody's portfolio, but they know about you because you're the financial advisor who does leg press every Monday. And right. he's trying to increase his leg press to 500 pounds, you know, and talking about a 500 pound leg press is not very many steps away from talking yes. about a $500,000 portfolio. So I encourage people because, you know, for me, this is really self-serving. That is, if you are a locus of health and fitness in your community and that spreads to other people, you yeah. make my job a lot easier because I'm actively working to make a healthier legacy for my children to grow up in. And uh, if you and your community are healthier than that, then that would be be awesome as well. Yeah, I love that. And it can be part of your brand. I like the the, the financial advisor example. Uh, my friend Alex Cuellar, who is a yoga instructor, uh, actually my yoga instructor, I go to his classes all the time. He just got his real estate license to getting into real estate. I was like, dude, you should brand yourself as the yoga realtor. You should like do re like yoga classes in people's yards when you close, <laughs> like at open houses and stuff. And like when you like just build, go all in. Oh my God. He does. No, he no. posts about it. And you know, people know him for being mindful and positive attitude and yoga. And I can buy a house from this guy. You stand out from all the other thousands of realtors out there. No, I mean, you know, the little like, like signs that are like, hey, this house is for sale. Nothing yeah. quite says like, what's going on over there? Like a yoga party on the front lawn. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yoga class. Man. So uh, we should probably, we should probably wrap this up, Alex. Um, you know, the last thing we were going to talk about that can help people during uh, challenging times beyond taking care of your health and fitness, which is incredibly important, uh, is mindset. So anything you want to add on mindset, how that's helped you, how you see help other people, uh, especially during challenging times like these. Mm, yeah, definitely. I, I have two. And I, I know this is one of the things that that you and I, we, we have very similar philosophies when we regard life. But I know from a religious perspective, we don't see eye to eye. I take a lot of my mindset from a uh, Christian perspective. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, from a Christian perspective, and I, I like to use biblical stories to uh, to help illustrate that for people. So the two that I, I really hold on to for me personally uh, through challenging times is I, I like to invoke Noah, which uh, most kids, even if you weren't raised in a Christian home, know who Noah is. He built the ark, right? And the animals two by yeah, two. Strong personal brand. Yeah, he built yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Strong personal brand. No joke. Everybody knows Noah. He has a great publicist posthumously. But yeah. It, that <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to make that joke. Anyway, so in a in a trying time, though, one of the things that I like to tell people is, look, either you're going through a storm or you're going to go through a storm. That bar none. And if you can think of your body metaphorically as an ark that you're constantly building, so it's not taking on water, then when you do go through a trying time, maybe you're not able to work out as consistently. Maybe the food isn't as good as it should be, but you've done the work up until this point and your body built like a really solid boat is gonna float really well through this flood, right? So that's one mindset I like to, to give to people is if you need a little extra motivational factor for you, then preparing for hard times is one of the things that you can do with your physical body is to prepare your your boat, so to speak. And then the other, the other mindset piece I'd love to add, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, um, not on this specifically, but your mindsets as well, is uh, from a Christian perspective, many of the things that are spoken about in the, the world about um, Christians and, and whatnot, they don't emphasize one of the pieces of Christianity that I think are extremely important to me anyway. And that is the, the verse in Matthew where Christ says to his followers, if any man would like to be my disciple, he will deny himself pick up his cross and follow me. And that's a really, really interesting thing for somebody to say who is working toward, you know, making life theoretically easier on people. Um, you're going to pick up this really heavy thing that you, at the end you die on, by the way, like this burden, and then you walk it up a very large hill. And that's what, quote, being a disciple means. And so for me, in, in my mindset, when things are really difficult, one of the things that, uh, that that says to me is, is I can't control everything. I can't control the hill I'm walking on. I can't control the world around me. But I've got my own burden that if I can foist that up on my shoulder and bear it forthrightly, then not only will that be fulfilling for me, but it'll set an example for other people around me so that they can say, hey, man, Alex has his problems, but he did this anyway. 
Alex has the things he's working with, but he did this anyway. And, and in that process, it encourages and inspires other people to say, you know what, I can take my obstacles as well. They might be different obstacles. They might be heavier. They might be lighter. I might just be whining and I need to stop it, but I can pick that up and, uh, and walk up the hill too. And so uh, those are the two mindset things that, that I often think of and, and I coach my clients through when I'm virtually coaching people. What about yourself with regard to mindset? I mean, when you're asking them to pick up heavy things and carry them, right? That's, um, that's exactly right. Yeah, well, it's, it's so funny. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I work with a lot of people who come to me because they know of, of my spiritual practice and stuff. And, part of your brand, yeah. And, and I, I joke with them sometimes. I'm like, look, you can't pick up a cross if you're not willing to pick up a barbell. Like, <laughs> like that's... Come on. <laughs> come on, man. Yeah. Somebody well, say I, amen. Um, but, so many questions. <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> so many questions. Like, Jesus, obviously, ultimate personal brand, probably the most famous man in the history of the world, right? No joke. Was he working out regularly leading up to, you know, carrying that cross? That, or, that's a good question. Dude fasted for 40 days, according to the scriptures, right? So, like, I mean, he was... Not, not only did he have an immense amount of self-discipline, but the guy, like, I, I wouldn't say he was buff. You know, if I fasted for 40 days, I would lose an immense amount of muscle. But he was also a carpenter um, by trade before there were power tools. So go work in your shop for like six hours. You're going to have some mad guns, dude. It's true. Um, yeah, I, I love what you said there. And you also, I mean, you're also talking about leading by example, right? And, and doing the things that you want to ask other people to do. And we were talking about part of the brand being out there, talking about the things you're doing, the positive changes you're making in your life and how you're helping others to inspire people. Uh, so absolutely leading by example, you have an opportunity to inspire people to do great things. And then following those people, right? Whether it's Jesus or anyone else who are doing great things that are inspiring you. And one of the things that I think is very important when it comes to mindset and you know my perspective is more uh what what's the word you know I, i'm not a christian right i'm more i'm a heathen or something right but, yeah heathen. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would call you a secular humanist more secular that's the word i was looking for yes my perspective human. is more secular thank you um <laughs> I think that, you know, other than maybe health and fitness, uh, the most important thing that contributes to your happiness and fulfillment in life is your mindset and outlook. It's how you perceive the world. Are you a victim? Do you think that things are happening to you and that you can't ever win or get ahead? You know, um, I, I can't get ahead because of the president or because of my job or my boss or whatever is going on in society. Okay. Or are you in control of your life? Do you believe that everything happens for you and life is a blessing and a gift? And it's, it's not an easy shift, but when you make that shift, and I've done it, it's taken a lot of practice, but when you make that shift, you start to see challenges as opportunities, or you can almost laugh them off sometimes. And so you were talking about being healthy and preparing because challenges will all, almost always come. You know this, I was not only talking about COVID as a huge challenge, um, during COVID, as someone who was active and working out every day, I broke my ankle. And I was uh, you know, on crutches and, on, and in a cast for six weeks. And I basically looked at that when it happened, I was like, okay, this is the next thing and just went on. And I was still able to do my, run my business, you know, running a virtual business from my home office has major perks, right? It's, it's easy to just kind of adapt, but you know, we adapt and move on and say, well, I can't change this. So let me see how I can take advantage of it. What can I do? How can I stay healthy? How can I keep working? How can I keep playing with my kids? And I was able to do just about all of those things. I was still at the gym, you know, a few times a week with the cast and a scooter. Uh, and, you know, it, it goes back to that outlook. How can I continue to see life as a blessing, something that's happening for me? How can I turn challenges into opportunities? And some are a lot more challenging than others, right? Um, but Sometimes we see people just get so worked up and angry about the littlest things. And you're like, come on, man. Like, there's so much more to life. If you just focus on gratitude and the things that you can control, there's so much opportunity and you have the opportunity to be happy, right? Because no one cares more about that than you. No one's going to make you happy. You control that. And it all goes back to your mindset and, and outlook. And again, not easy. Everybody has a different story, different journey, different background, different health, different parents, different job. Uh, different journey, all right? but it all goes back to how we are showing up in life. And you can use inspiration from, uh, you know, the Bible or whatever religion you are a part of, or you can use inspiration from people around you. And that's why I wanted to tie it back to a big influence on your mindset, your health and fitness, how you show up in life is always about the people around you.
right? Because Tony Robbins says that we rise to the level of the peers that we surround ourselves with. And that could include physically around you, who you hang out with, or in these virtual times, who you follow on social media. And that was why I say, hey, follow people who are doing great things. Uh, you know, I see what you're doing, Alex, and it inspires me to go work out more, um, get more sunlight and uh, live a better and healthier life. So that's my final message on uh, mindset, focus on what you can control and think about who you surround yourself with. Are they negative? Are they positive? And are they positively influencing you to live your best life? Man, I can talk to you for hours, bud. I appreciate you very much. Uh, seriously, yeah. though, knuckle bump all the way from Arkansas, Boom. Florida. All the uh, way. There we I go. Sincerely appreciate your time, man. Uh, I, I hope that this is valuable to our listeners as well, that they've appreciated some talk about personal branding and uh, some talk about controlling your controllables and, and ending up maybe a little stronger and healthier than before this whole COVID thing started all together. Uh, now, I generally like to give the last word in an interview, but this is more of a conversation than an interview. So uh, I always tell people, I, I have an outro, so I'm going to say it. And I don't know what your conclusion is, so I'll let you say it after. But what I say to everybody is this has been Alex Van Houten with Defining Dad Bod. Until next time, guys, kick butt, take names. I love that. Let's just go with that. Boom. <laughs>